As St. George did to the Dragon, so the Dragons did to the Broncos. One round of the NRL down, 25 to go. This is the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. Progressive Rugby League. to another episode of the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. I am the Slug, and joining me once again are our Progressive Rugby League experts, Al. Uh, Thank you very much, Slug. It's great to be here, and I would just like to say I'm super excited about this week's episode. Of course, and Jono's here as well. Jono. Speaking. You didn't wave this week, or did you? I waved, yeah. Yeah, I I like waving. That's okay. That's friendly. All right, so yes, here we are again, Progressive Rugby League podcast, and we have had one round of the NRL. Um, guys, what do you think? Footy's back. Uh, I would have to say that uh, this round was perfect for uh, the underdog, so revenge of the bottom four. All four of those losing teams <laughs> from last year finally got one up on the big bad boys, and it was sweet and juicy. Well, there's some exciting games. I mean, there was the the um, golden point in the Knights-Manly game. There was the two points in the Tigers-Roosters game. There was that uh, clincher with the Titans and the Raiders. Um, Jono, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, uh, fantastic first round. But uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, I have a confession to make. I went to a game of rugby league on the weekend. And that's not the confession. (laughs) But the confession lies around how I got there. And I went with a friend right. to this game, and we had two options, public transport or driving. And we all know Progressive Rugby League people uh, take the transport up option. Progressives love transport. Buses, <laughs> trains, trams, ferries, they love it. Well, uh, where, where, does, where does Uber sit amongst, amongst those, those transport options? Is that, uh, is it's, that Progressive? It's, it sits well below, but I mean, it's above driving. And unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we took the driving option. It was incredibly comfortable, very convenient, but not progressive. Sorry to sound like a layperson here, but can you can you sort of join those dots there for us between public transport and progressiveness in in terms of football? How, how's public transport helping the game? Well, it, it's it's less about how it's helping the game, but it's more about uh, the progressive rugby league fan. Right, and, uh, and their attitude, I guess. Yeah, and how, and how they, uh, their attitude towards life. And so, uh, you know, progressive rugby league fans, they hop on a bus, they hop on a train, and they get amongst it, amongst the other fans. Yeah. But no, I took the car and just ensconced myself in myself. I fear, I fear potentially you may have opened up the door there for me to have a slight rant <laughs> in that... Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, public transport uh, doesn't help the game at all. Uh, it should, but because we live in potentially what you might call a non-progressive state in terms of infrastructure planning, it doesn't. And therefore, you were forced to cut. You were forced to drive. You were left with no option because you have a. You're stuck in a non-progressive um, political structure that really doesn't care about you or how you get anywhere as long as you drive. <laughs> I, I think. I think though, going by car is doing the game a disservice. Now that I've thought about it, because how can you be fired up by the time you get there? Exactly. To be a passionate supporter, if you're just sort of, you know, thinking about merging lanes and, and you know, you know, 
how far up ahead it is to you get to traffic lights and so on. That's you right. need to be on a bus waving your scarf. That's right. Yelling with people, singing songs. Absolutely. Yeah, fair so, enough. So, look, it, my, my penance, I, my, I'd like the listeners to, to let me know what my penance should be for, for driving, but I, I figure the next five games of rugby league I attend, I will either walk or catch the least efficient uh, mode of transport to the game. Any more just, Perth games coming up? No. Just to prove uh, that I, I'm very sorry. But, I mean, on the, more on the weekend, uh, I, I thought um, the round proved that the salary cap is a wonderful thing. Last week we spoke about it briefly. Yes, we did. And, uh, and I was a bit up in the air whether it's progressive, but it, I think it is. It's obviously, it shows that it's, it's quite an egalitarian uh, component of the game. And more than that, it's, um, it's just, it gives hope. And, and hope well, it, is it inclusive. It back to rugby league's egalitarian roots, really. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my, my big uh, fear at the time was more about what it does to the game on the field. You know, because it sort of equalises teams and therefore doesn't uh, promote attractive football. That was my worry. But I think the rules are such at the moment that you get exciting football one way or another. And I think the egalitarian nature trumps it anyway. So they're my thoughts on the week and I I did ramble. No, that's okay. We got got somewhere interesting. Well, like I said, my, my highlight of the round, I said there were some tight games, there were some interesting results, but... Unfortunately, my highlight of the round has nothing to do with anything that happened on the field. My my favourite moment of the week was uh, Bo Ryan on the football show, on the footy <laughs> the show. Football the football show. show, sorry. I'm trying to give it a, a touch of class it doesn't have. Um, yeah, on the footy show, Bo Ryan, they didn't have a chair for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure people saw it. They had a lot of panellists. They had, what, five chairs there. Bo Ryan comes out. Hello, crowd. Hello, everybody. Nice to be back. And he just kind of has to stand around awkwardly because uh, <laughs> floor manager or whoever couldn't count to six and, and sort of get enough chairs happening there. He did an awkward kind of kneel at the end of the panel for a little while before someone sorted a chair. But um, I think that's a pretty good metaphor for um, that show generally at the moment. I tell you what, if you can't count to six and you're on a rugby league-related program, <laughs> oh, yeah. you should be fired. Yeah. I mean, six is the fundamental number of rugby league. Or, or seven, as as that the um, rule has it sometimes bizarrely, which I still haven't figured out. The twenty meter tap rule, yes, of course. I, I think um, Billy Slater's uh, to blame for the seven tackle rule. Yeah, yeah, he's too good, and that's why. Oh, okay. So to nullify Billy Slater's attack on kick returns, I kept kicking kick down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Billy Slater, you're too good. I think it's a progressive rule, but anyway, we'll get to that another day. All right. Well, as we said uh, in the introduction episode, this is a journey to discover what progressive rugby league is. And so this week, Jono, you said you had something you wanted to discuss that will help us along that journey there. Yeah, thanks, Slug. Look, I, I just wanted to expand on what we were talking about last week. So just really get to the, the bottom of what progressive rugby league is. And I was thinking during the week that there is a fundamental contradiction between how the game is perceived and what the game has achieved when it comes mm. to progressiveness. So, so let me give you an example in terms of what the game has achieved. Let's go through it. Okay, it was a workers' rights issue. How it, how it started, it you know, it was standing up for people and yep. workers and and their rights and their and their pay. You know, to get a, a fair work and a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. Yeah. Um, and then we go on to the first uh, national captain who is indigenous, Arthur Beats in the seventies. And that's first of the whole country. Of the whole country. The whole country. And so can, that's before cricket. 
that's before it's cricket. definitely before AFL. <laughs> Rugby Union. Rugby Union. Although the first Darts. cricket side that ever toured was completely comprised of Aboriginal people. Well, they must not have had a captain then. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven captains. It is true. It wasn't a national team technically, but yes, you're absolutely right, Slug. Uh, and then you can go on to the Indigenous All-Stars game, which is a very pr- progressive uh, stance. You've got uh, Ian Roberts, uh, really in the early 90s, the first gay man of a professional Australian uh, code to come out, and really ever since, no one has come out since, so that, that's very progressive. Matt Chechen, uh, very progressive stance. Sorry. sorry uh, just, was, uh, Ian Roberts, was that, he was definitely first in Australia, but in terms of global rankings, he, he has to be top five in, be in terms there. of the early, early openly gay professional athletes. I, I don't think there's that's, been many more. That's true. Remind me because I don't remember, how far into his playing career did he come out? It was th- about two-thirds, this seems... Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah. still a, a fair chunk of uh, rugby league to play. So I, I believe uh, that was very progressive. So there's a number of examples of rugby league progressiveness. And I think that's uh, in stark contrast to how it's perceived out there. If you asked Joe or Josephine Public out there whether they thought rugby league was a progressive game, I think they'd say... No, they'd probably like, tusk, tusk. I don't think so, they would say. That definitely, I would, I would agree with you 100%. Yeah, so, so that, that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Why is that the case? Um, and, and how can we uh, convince the world that rugby league is a progressive game? So that's a, that's a, a very interesting point. I'd, I'd like to, to add some, uh, some, some ponderances to that. Mm. R- rugby league... As you said, it's a it's an incredibly progressive game. It is it it doesn't uh, it, it just does what it thinks is right, um, and it doesn't really care. It, it it looks back on its traditions, but it's not held back by them. So it's mm. it's, it's open to making radical changes to improve itself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Rugby league suffers from I'm gonna, what I'm going to call a lack of advocacy. So okay, for a sport to be uh, openly accepted throughout the the mainstream public, it really needs. Uh, those people that are seen as aspirational figures to openly support it. So, mm. in the case of these things like your your um, uh, your highly educated TV presenters openly saying, "Yes, I go for Team X, Y, Z." And there are certain sports in this country that have that in spades. They uh, it, they've got a, a support base that goes out there and uh, expresses their their support of the sport and of teams publicly. Uh, in very, very public ways, in high-profile ways. Brand cachet. Brand cachet, exactly. And rugby league, you know, it's got Anthony Field from the Wiggles, who, he, good for him, he's openly out there plugging the cause, but, you know, and Michael Clark's a West Tigers fan, I think, <laughs> but there's not really many that actually are out there uh, openly and constantly talking about how much they love the game. And that's not to say they don't love the game, because rugby league, you will find, it goes across all social demographics and, and socioeconomic classes. It's, it's, it's very much A, B as it is C, D. They're a bit embarrassed, is that what you Yeah, but the ABs, they shy away from it. Mm. Well, are they getting bad advice from their publicity people? Mm. Who, That's a good point. Who clearly, if they were on the ball, would be, um, would be advocating for <laughs> these intellectual celebrities to come out and, you know, pick a team. Talk the game up. Well, I mean, guys, I have friends, okay? I mean, believe it or not, I, I have friends on the left side, progressive side. I've got conservative friends. I tell you, my conservative friends, they all love rugby league. Why, why shouldn't they? It's a great game. Good on them. That is I love good them. for them. My, most of my progressive friends do not. Mm, I think right. uh, there is something about rugby league that has a stench. Uh, it's uncool and, uh, with progressives. And 
yeah, I, I, I think really one of the reasons has to be the elephant in the room, the gender issue. There's no doubt about that uh, rugby league has suffered when it comes to uh, women's issues over the last 10 or 15 years compared to uh, the AFL. And you, you go to a, you speak to the progressives out there, do they love rugby league? No. Do they love, love AFL? Yes. Oh, they'll talk about AFL till the cows come home. Are you talking to progressives in Victoria or are you talking to progressives no, in Sydney? Sydney. So the progressives in Sydney will pretend to like AFL because they think it makes them look progressive. <laughs> However, yeah. I don't think they actually love it at all. And, and is Very your position that the reason that progressives don't like rugby league is just that it is not more female-focused? Is that the one and only issue you're seeing there? Uh, well, I'm not sure if it's the only issue, but it's, I think it's got to be a pretty big issue. Um, well, fair enough. You know. So, I mean, I mean, it's hard when you've got three blokes here trying to talk gender. <laughs> Um, that's not very progressive. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, what I do know is um, that you know there are issues. And, I, and look, I was at a game on, on on Saturday, as I said earlier. There are plenty of women there, plenty of women enjoying the game, and plenty of women uh, being part of it, part, feeling part of the game. So what it's not like weren't enjoying it though. Uh, <laughs> Just the Roosters fans. Just the Roosters fans. <laughs> so look, it's a tricky one, but uh, I, I think the fundamental uh, contradiction between perception of rugby league and reality uh, is something that troubles me. So I guess that's something that we as a game and as lovers of the game Mm. need to take it upon ourselves to put it out there to let people know how progressive the game actually is and change those attitudes. Well, I mean, this is part of the journey of the podcast, I suppose. So um, it's early days, but at least we're finding out what the issue is so we can address it. So rugby league has a issue with women as you said but the it also has a solution to that problem in that female participation in things like Oztag and touch football mm. which are rugby league formats they, they are that's a rugby league it's a non-contact version of rugby league Absolutely. they're massive so there is that, that base that understands the game mm. wants to be a part of the game it's just all about bridging that gap and, and letting it be known that you play touch that is a version of rugby league mm. and spreading the message that way you know, uh, just getting back to other progressive forms of the game, when I was at the game, what I was reminded of is the beauty that uh, rugby league is really an inclusive game. It really uh, brings together people from different classes, different ethnic backgrounds, mm. really more than, than any other sport in Australia. Maybe football, soccer football <laughs> might Maybe. Uh, might <laughs> have something to say about that. But I'm, I'm talking class as well as uh, ethnic backgrounds. Um, and so that was really heartwarming to see, you know, people from per- different backgrounds who wouldn't have anything to do with each other on a normal day. That people just normally just go back to their own crew, but they were high fiving each other, hugging each yeah. other. They were sharing, um, you know, kisses. I saw a kiss. Right. <laughs> it was on the cheek, <laughs> but still a solicited kiss. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. <laughs> well, let me just ask you quickly back to the 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 issue of women in league. Mm. So you, you mentioned that. AFL are getting it right to some degree. Yep. Cricket are getting it right to some degree. So what can league what lessons can league take from those other sports and are they things that league could implement and choose not to? Yeah, I, I think they're on the right track. I think it's it's pretty clear that um, there's there's a bit of a 
there, there is a way forward there, and and that is uh, participation. So the A League, the W, sorry, the W League, uh, the WBBL, AFLW, and the Rugby League's having a, a competition that's that's coming up as well. So that's good. I really think though, Rugby League suffers from the past really ten or fifteen years. I think they're doing everything they can now, and and all the steps they're taking now are, are solid, uh, but really. It's the lost 10 or 15 years in the past that uh, they're sort of paying for now. I, would, I think what, what the game needs to do is find high-profile female fans, because they exist, they're out there. Uh, off the top of my head, I know Sandra Sully's a Brisbane Broncos fan. She's, right. a Queensland, she's a Queensland girl from way back. Find these high-profile uh, influencers, female influencers, and convince them to publicly express their love for the game because they love it it's it's a widespread game it's 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 the most entertaining game on earth it's it's i'm sure it's deeper than a braining exercise though like uh you know to well, get a few people on twitter to say hey go the roosters it goes deeper than being on twitter but it's about constant not being afraid to express that you love the game yeah and all the like rugby league's got atrocities we all know but those atrocities aren't exclusive to rugby league they exist across all sports across well, society yeah okay slug your thoughts well, I'm just trying to think of some high-profile women who we can try and encourage to be more vocal. Maxine McHugh, she must love, must love somebody. Maxine <laughs> McHugh? Yeah, why not? That's an interesting one to bring up but first up. Well, Julie Bishop, she's probably the highest-ranking uh, uh, female politician in the country. That's true. She's probably reasonably close to the Liberal leadership, you'd think. That's true. Well, um, I'm sure... Tanya Plibersek. Uh, yes. On the oh, she'd side. have a... Rugby league. She's a big You'd have to be her and Albo would have to be. Well, Albo's, Albo's a South fan, but yeah, he's right. also not a woman. He's not he's a woman. Not, not sure. No, but I mean, they would be because they're inner city labour types. Yeah, they'd be going to the footy together, wouldn't they? Maybe a Newtown game. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, it, it's a, it's something that I I just don't know the answer to at the moment. But um, I, I wonder if if people knew, maybe there has to be some sort of uh, communication of. Progressive parts of the game, and that might build people's uh, interest in the game, in that yep. side of the game. Yep. If you, if people understood what it's done, what it stands for, then maybe people would uh, would turn a page. Indeed. Yeah, I think that's right. And look, if we had answers now, this would be a very short run podcast. Exactly. Like, this is a journey. We've said that. We've said that. We've got to discuss these things. We've got to ponder them. We do. No one's looking for answers this early. Absolutely. And, and look, there's there's no there's no two people that I'd rather do this than the slug and Big Al. Oh, wow. What a compliment. Thank you very Back much. Back at you, Jono. All right. We want to start getting some uh, interesting segments going here on this podcast. And uh, one of them, I think, that we all agree is important, and I'm sure you people out there listening will agree is important, if you're the kind of people I think and hope you are, is the French Rugby League update. Big Al, you're going to bring us a French Rugby League update? I certainly will. So as every progressive rugby league fan knows, the tragic story of the French Rugby League, but we'll save that for a whole other episode, but to make sure we don't lose our connections to what was once the most popular sport in France, arguably, for a time, uh, we'll give you a French Rugby League update. So we have... Bring it on. 
Catalans, Catalans in the Super League. Greg yeah. Bird's Catalans Dragons. <laughs> Not they're doing it tough at the moment. So they're currently equal last. They're, dear, oh dear. They had they did manage to snare their first win of the season uh, against Hull KR, eighteen sixteen, and now oh. just a nail biting win there. I did see a photo of them singing their their victory song. That was very interesting to see on Twitter. On the Twitters, I'll have to get on there. That's yep. a, that's an important victory because I think they lost their first four games. So yep. goodness gracious. So they're they're doing a tough anchor at the bottom of the table. Uh, what that does mean, if if they don't, if things don't start to improve, they're obviously going to. Once we enter into super eights, they're going to be facing relegation. Mm. The mm, ironic, coincidental, perhaps uh, thing with that is we've got Toulouse in the league below, absolutely killing it. So they're equal second. Wow. Uh, won five out of six. They've just come off a big win off the Dewsbury Rams. And let me tell you, the Dewsbury Rams are no slouches. Currently sitting no fifth. They're a big. They're a strong foundation. Not foundation. They're a strong rugby league town with strong rugby league roots, and they're a pretty decent team to rack up a 40-20 win over them that means that they're going quite well so Toulouse potentially could be fighting could be battling it out with Catalans wow. for that Super League spot my goodness can you imagine if you had two French teams in the Super League that would be uh, almost orgasmic well it's it's the it's the division below the Super League so the Championship League mm. where it's all happening in terms of progressiveness the, the top positions are the London Broncos which Personally, I feel for, for rugby league to really grow and be recognised, it needs a team in London. It yes, needs a professional course. team in London, uh, which they were they were in the Super League for a while, but they've had relegation. They Jamie Sowers, London Broncos. <laughs> uh, you've got London Broncos battling it out with Toulouse Olympique and the Toronto Wolfpack. Now oh, that Wolfpack. That's a progressive set of teams. How are the Wolfpack going this year? So the Wolfpack, having marched through their, their League One last year, almost undefeated, I think maybe they had a draw, maybe a couple of losses here or there. Fui Fui Moi Moi's <laughs> Toronto Wolfpack, obviously Fui's left the team for, yeah, reasons, for reasons. reasons unknown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so they've sort of, I guess now things are a bit different for them. They're, they're not at being, I mean, they're, they're still winning, they're coming fourth. Um, mm. But they're, they're, they're so they're still in with a chance. They're in with promotion. a chance, but I think the the business plan for the Wolfpack was to march through League One and then march through the Championship to get through to the Super League, and that second stage is proving a bit more difficult for them. Well, it can't be too easy for them. So I mean, having a reality check, so that's probably positive for them in the end. But I mean, look, any any team that's uh, got gets Rene Matua back into the fold, that's you oh, know, second <laughs> chance yes. alone. I thought I'd heard Rene Matua for the last time, but. No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, so we talk about the the dream of having two French teams and maybe a Canadian team one day in the oh. English Super League. Can you imagine? Can you but what imagine? about if Catalan get prom- uh, relegated and Toulouse do not get promoted? Then we won't have any French teams uh, next year. That would be a disaster. That would be a disaster. But I think we could take some consolation in the fact that it's likely that if Catalan are relegated and Toulouse aren't promoted, that it will be Toronto that is promoted. I see. We can hope. And we so, hope. sacrificing a French team for a, a Canadian team, well, I'd love to see two French teams and a Canadian team. And a French-Canadian team. Plus a London-based team. Uh, if, the Toronto, if the Wolfpack make it at the expense of Catalans, I mean, it's, it's not as progressive as having both in there, but it's a step in the right direction. But this is the French rugby league segment. Are you, you're sort of like happy that if, if a Canadian team overtakes a, a French how team. Close is, French how, close is, how close is Toronto to Quebec? This is, like, a, this is a Toronto Wolfpack update cleverly disguised as yeah, a French well, rugby I know what you're all about. <laughs> you brought the Wolfpack into it. Uh, so anyway, so French rugby league. Catalan is struggling. Toulouse Olympique doing wonderful things. Let's hope we can get them both into the Super League one day. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And look, I, I think 
at some point, it might be worthwhile trying to do a bit of a deep dive into the Toronto Wolfpack's financial setup because I want to know how they can be flying over the Atlantic, obviously to, to have regular games in the second tier, <laughs> and that be financially viable. But Can I also add, uh, as part of their admission into the English uh, Rugby Football League, they have to pay for all the flights for their opponents as well. So they are financing financing the... This, who, who's so who's bankrolling this? Uh, they've got a sugar daddy, don't they? Of course, they've got a sugar daddy. He's yeah. an Australian... Eric Perez? He's Australian. Um, he's oh, okay. a, an Australian... Uh, mining, I think he's got some, some sort of mining right. guy, like born in Australia, raised in Canada, sort of, right. and then one, got made his millions in the north of England, something like that. I think um, we need to dig into the Perez story he's, at he's, some point. He's done a, a good sponsorship deal with uh, an airline called TransDev. I think they're called TransDev. Okay. Right? And so it's a sponsorship. You'll see them splash across the front of those delicious Wolfpack jerseys, mm. which I'm yet to have. So if any listeners want to send me something. I wonder if we can get Perez to help out uh, the French Rugby League clubs. I mean, it's all well and good to help out Canada, uh, which is fantastic, a new horizon, a uh, new frontier for rugby league. But what about struggling well, Catalans? He's got an attachment to them for some reason, obviously. You know, yeah, I mean, good on him. Perez is, is, is going to start bankrolling an American team soon. So not the, oh, okay. not the New York team, but I think Jacksonville or Tampa Bay or something. Wow. Yeah, somebody somewhere. I think we need to reach out to him. I think with if the we, kind of money he's we got... We could get Perez on the show. Well, oh, uh, yes. Eric Perez, if you're listening. Is I, that your name? No, his name is Eric Perez. <laughs> I just meant more that, you know, he's obviously got money that he's willing to spend on rugby league. We've got ideas that need kind of bankrolling, some of them. Yeah, I've got at least three. Well, anyway, that's the French Rugby League update for this week. Um, Jono, you came up with a good idea for a segment. I want to do it every week, if possible. Mm. Mate, what is it? It's the uh, progressive moment of the week. And the progressive moment of the week just looks back at the, uh, the week in rugby league and, and you see if someone or some team or some moment stood out as a great moment for progressive rugby league embodying the values of progressive rugby league. My progressive moment of the week is actually in the form of a team. And I'd like to give a shout-out to the New Zealand Warriors yeah. who won on the weekend. And they played a, a very... Uh, entertaining style of football and if you remember from last week we discussed the one of the pillars of progressive rugby league was how you play the game on the field yeah. and it, life is short so throw the ball around and in the uh in the history of the new, new zealand warriors slash auckland warriors uh they've had some of the more progressive on-field displays i've ever seen back in the days they never won anything but progressive rugby league is not about winning it's about entertaining so on the weekend throwing the ball around exactly the last couple of years the warriors have been a hopeless and be boring. And as a progressive rugby league fan, it doesn't get any worse than that. So it was great to see them <laughs> back to winning and entertaining. So I say New Zealand Warriors, well done. Let's not get too excited. It was only round one, and they were playing against a hopeless and boring team in South Sydney. Deep but, cut on the rabbit. Wow. Well, wow. I mean, look, I'm just calling it as I yeah, say. Yeah, wow, that's what Jono does. That's right. <laughs> Calls them likes he but, sees them. Well, I'm just saying, let's not get too excited on yeah. the Warriors' behalf. They weren't playing a... Uh, you know, uh, Melbourne, your Melbournes, or your Brisbane's, or your Brisbane's, well, or your Roosters. So, are you calling? Are you saying that Souths are going to be duds for the season? Is that what oh yeah, I don't, I don't think that's news to anyone. They, they don't look like they have much in the tank. But look, round one, you can't get too excited, or you can't get too depressed. Can but I, anyway, can I, can I add to your your Warriors progressive moment of the week? Mm, yes, please do. This, this, what, this is not my progressive moment of the week, but okay. since you brought it up, the meditation circle post try. 
for the, yeah. for the Warriors. That was something special. A yoga session that after was, a try is, is that quite progressive. Beautiful. <laughs> and they didn't just do it once. They did yeah. it after every single try. Was it yoga? Was it, it, was, was it spiritual? It was a, a, a breathing, let's not get carried away, everyone get grounded, be, that, be as I, one. That's probably right, you know. And you know, maybe it, maybe it's an actually a public display of a new direction the team's going in yeah. mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. and spiritually. Yeah, uh, maybe they're on board with the Progressive Rugby League. We don't know. Well, I, like, I, I, they probably listened to the first episode. Did we get, did we get so. it out before Saturday? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. We did, so. Look, I've got, I've got two progressive moments to choose from. And maybe you can tell me, because, you know, I, I, I don't claim to be as big an expert on Progressive Rugby League as you guys, because, well, actually, I'll tell you why another time. It's, I'm, don't sell yourself short. No, no, no. Like, I'll leave that as a teaser. Okay. Maybe that's for another day. But you can you can probably point me into which one's slightly more progressive than the other. The first moment I think is uh, while you're speaking of try celebrations, um, Dugan, huh? Josh Dugan, Josh Dugan scores his try. Does he does a try celebration now? Number one, mm. does a try celebration while his team's behind, <laughs> which I That's very which Dugan. stuck in my craw a little. Yeah, as you a know, former Cronulla fan, not even that. As just just. Come on, the hubris. Yep. You're not even winning. <laughs> um, but also, uh, he, he did a, a wrapping motion around his arm, which is apparently uh, a reference to a very popular video game at the mm. moment. There were a few players that did it, actually, yeah. upon scoring a Blake, track. Blake right. Ferguson did it. So, what, what's the point of that? Is it progressive, well, number one, because well, I mean, they're talking to kids? Yeah, obviously. It captures the youth market, yeah. so perhaps, perhaps yeah, but, we shouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah, but they're also like, probably, are they on the payroll of this? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not true. very progressive. They're getting paid Possibly. to promote something else. I mean, is that progressive? Per- personally, I don't think post try celebration, organised post try celebrations are progressive at all. In fact, I, I think they're like to, to get up and go and like celebrate and, you know, shout, yeah, go and hug your teammates and stuff, that's fine. But the organised sort of yeah. in your face yes. post try celebration, which perhaps he didn't make it that way, but personally I think anything that Josh Dugan does comes across as in your face, I'm better than you. <laughs> you know. I tend to disagree. I think a post try celebration can be deemed progressive. You know, it's entertaining. It's entertaining the crowd. Like it could be. It doesn't have to be like uh, aggressive towards the other team. It can be just funny or enjoyable or theatrical or you know all that sort of thing. I think is good. I'm for it. Right, you've got me thinking though about potential subliminal sponsorships. Mm. If you're like, what if maybe what if this video game is actually one of his uh, third party arrangements? And he's got to give him a little, <laughs> That's right. a little on-field uh, advertisement every now and again, just to make sure it gets topped up to the level he requires. Yeah, well, I mean, look, let's get Eric Perez onto that. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh no, he's not the uh, salary cap auditor. That's right. Or is he? Old Shubo. We, we've suddenly decided he's the uh, he's the joy of all things. <laughs> I hope that's his name. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> what was what was the other uh, moment for oh, you? Oh, the other Slide. moment. Um, I. I enjoyed particularly the fact that in the opening game the Dragons Broncos game the crowd booing every time Matthew Lodge got the ball Mm. Um, I I think that's a a great sign from the rugby league fans that you know he's still got a penance to pay Mm. and we just because you pull on a jersey and and start playing again you're you know you everything's not forgiven you're not a role model yet yeah we know what you did Mm. I mean sure like 
We've seen it. Yeah. I saw those yeah, haymakers. My goodness gracious me. People make mistakes, but uh, look, there's a lot. There's a lot of reparation to be done, and mm. the and the uh, kudos to those dragons fans. I'm sure they weren't just doing it to get under his skin. I'm sure it was a lot more of a, a public message saying, as a society, we're, we're not we're not letting you off the hook yet. That was uncool. Yeah. yeah. Look, you bring up there's two issues there from a progressive rugby league point of view that come with the Matt Lodge incident, uh, and one is. Uh, the fact that he was booed, and booing's fine because booing is freedom of speech. It's your public right. You know, you're, people are allowed to have their say. Yep. And so I, I support booing. The other side is the second chance side of things. I think it is progressive to give people second chances, but in this case, has he been given his second chance too soon? Uh, I'm all for second chances, and I, and I think welcome back, Todd Carney, while we're on it. But um, in this case, I just think. Uh, he's really got to actually start paying off his debt before he can actually be given the second chance. That, that's a literal debt, which he hasn't paid. Yeah, exactly. And, and, a, you and know, apparently has no intention debt. to as well. I think that's one well, of the sticking points. You know, I, I sure, I'm sure yeah. he does. But. I, I understand both points. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it's already been covered extensively by the mainstream sure, media and sure. we're not about that. But no. a lot of if you if you compare the Matt Lodge case with the Russell Packer case, the upfront. The Dragons in NRL flagged what they were going to do with Russell Packer to bring him back into the game. Mm. He has serves his one year in jail, of course. He where he has to go through all these probation checks, counselling, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, before he has before he is allowed back in reserve grade for a season. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. And when Russell, Russell Packer made his comeback, it was it was nothing. It was not yeah. a thing. That's Had true. the NRL or the Broncos come out and taken similar steps with Matt Lodge, because the Matt Lodge incident happened three years ago. Let's not forget. And he was forced to sit out for a long time. He had to come back through the the Capras or some sort of feeder club. Mm. It's not like it happened on the in the off season, which is I think that a lot of people in the public probably think it did happen in the off season on a Mad Monday celebration. Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing round one. It wasn't like that. It looked it looked very Mad Monday esque. Yeah. yeah, swinging arms and yeah, yeah. And, and obviously the the timing of that footage being released had a big effect on everyone's feelings towards it in the week leading up to round one. I'm sure. My my, my final question on the matter. Mm. What, what you just said then about there being a right way to go about coming back into everyone's good graces and being redeemed and being a wrong way is the fact that the Broncos just plonked him in there and said, we don't care how you feel about it, deal with it. Deal with is, it. is that a Bronco arrogance? Oh, oh, that is because the Broncos currently are in the grabs of probably, in my opinion, one of the most unprogressive men in football. Wayne Bennett. Wow. We, we might leave it on that teaser. Um, Has Big Al given us his progressive moment of the week? Uh, I haven't, but we're, we're, oh. we're kind of running long. But Sorry, I, no, I, 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 I've got I think plenty that, of time. I've got yeah. plenty of time. No, no, okay. I so I've got, I've got two, two progressive moments of the week. One, one on field and one just in the greater sphere of football. Uh, on field, I really am enjoying the two captains going up and shaking hands with the referee and then each other before kickoff of play every, of each game. I think that is fantastic. That's and nice I will touch. have to note that the NRL specifically asked clubs to do that and make sure their players did that at the beginning of each game. Yeah. But I think that's a wonderfully progressive thing to do. Can we extend that to the whole team shaking hands like they do in soccer football? Well, they do that at the end. They do, that, they do, the, they, they do, they do the handshake and then like man hug sort of... Bro the, the, thing. Why not do it at the start? There's a point where too much shaking is, the, you know, <laughs> too much too shaking much is sh- never enough. I've always said that. <laughs> but off the you field, you said that at the Leichhardt Oval urinals. <laughs> <I'm actually. laughs> um, okay, but but off the field, and mm. uh, probably I think 
this is more uh, progressive in, in, in the worldwide uh, scheme of things for rugby league, hmm. is that the Serbian Rugby League kicked off its 17th season three right? days ago. Yes, it did. And I'd have you know that their top team at the moment, Red Star Belgrade, has currently got uh, an American player. Uh, uh, I, I'm assuming former... Tom Hall? No, I, I think he's... He, I'm just assuming he's a former like college football player of some kind. No, um, but his name is Monty Gaddis. Uh, and... Belgrade, Red Star Belgrade are submitting a bid to be admitted into the English uh, Rugby Football oh, League. Okay. So I, don't, I have no idea how, what, what level that, of likelihood that is of getting up, but it's yeah. happening and it just shows there is a demand, there's a thirst out there. Oh, People to get involved in the game. Is Eric Perez involved? <laughs> imagine one day, two French clubs, one Canadian club, one club from Serbia. Serbia. Like, Serbia. <laughs> Oh. And, and one day, the Papuans, our, our great friends, the, uh, the Kumuls, uh, they might be in the National Rugby League. You never know. You yeah. never know. That's the dream. That's the dream. That's the dream. And uh, just on one, one light, uh, other thing I'd like to note is the uh, Rugby, League, Rugby League European Federation is currently seeking an independent director. So if you know anyone, it's a voluntary position, but I hear they will cover your expenses. I know someone. Oh, I know someone. You know someone. We know someone. His, name, <laughs> his name's Big Al. Get there, Big Al. I'll oh, be Eric, Eric Perez. Oh, Eric Perez. <laughs> Him too. What a man. And that uh, man is Matt Larch. No. So we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll post that, that job opening, um, that job description on our Facebook page for everybody that's interested Great there. Idea. Yeah. So get involved if you know Eric Perez or can get in contact with him. <laughs> Make sure he sees it. And if his name's like Eric Perez, yeah, please Please apologise. Please apologise <laughs> to Eric Perez. That's all right. We'll edit it in as, as something in a slightly different voice that sounds odd over the top. Well, that's it for that this week, fellas. Thank you very much for being here once again discussing progressive rugby league and you know just taking one more step on that journey we're going to take together um thanks for listening bye thanks guys